You are now tuning in to the Joes and the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Jack Childress, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. Welcome everyone to the Joes on the Pros podcast. Now this is something different we're doing now on the Joes on the Pros podcast. A couple episodes in the football podcast, we had a little segment where we would discuss NBA basketball and now this is our very own NBA version of the podcast. We're going to get into playoff predictions today, some great topics around the league, and we're going to give you all all you all would want in an NBA podcast. So Junie, start them off right now. Well, guys, basically what we're going to do with this is our first episode, and we are bringing our guy Jack Childress on full-time. Casey's not really that big into the NBA, so we wanted to bring a guy that really gets into the league a little bit more. So Casey's going to kind of be more of our moderator, and then Jack Childress is going to be on with us full-time on our NBA episodes that are going to be dropping along with our NFL episodes once a week. So Jack, how does it feel to be on the show full-time now? Uh, feels great can't wait to get started absolutely so what we're going to do on this first segment here is we are going to get into our eastern conference playoff predictions here where we are going to go back and forth between each seed giving our reasons of why we think that team is going to be in that seed so let's get it started with the eastern conference here jack do you want to give your eight seed here in the eastern conference yeah so my eight seed right now is the pistons detroit pistons and so i don't know if you've really read a whole lot i've been keeping up with bleacher report ever since the season started. Blake Griffin will be out till probably about mid-November, but I think as soon as he come back, comes back and if he can stay healthy, I think the Pistons will be a great eight seed in the East, very competitive. Derrick Rose looks amazing so far. Andre Drummond is taking people off the dribble now. He had a 30-20 and 20 game a few nights ago. I don't remember exactly what date it was, but I remember seeing that stat. And Yeah, I think the Pistons at eight. Well, my number eight seed is actually kind of going to be a little bit of a surprise here, and I have the Indiana Pacers. I think this team's going to regress just a little bit this year. I think Victor Oladipo is going to struggle a little bit with his health. The loss of Bogdanovich to the Utah Jazz I think will hurt this team, but picking up T.J. Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, and then a shooter in Jeremy Lamb, and then having two of the best young big men, I should say, in the league, and Miles Turner and Dante Sabonis, it just really kind of depends on how this team is going to gel, if they can come together with all these new parts and if Victor Oladipo can stay healthy uh, but I definitely think they are a playoff team but as of right now unknowingly knowing what is the deal with Victor Oladipo and how healthy he's going to be this season I have them coming in at the eighth seed in the east what do you have for the seventh seed there in the east so I have the Nets at the seventh seed in the east right now all all the way down at seven okay yeah I I don't think Kyrie well Kyrie's a great player and I don't want to discredit him at all but they don't have Kevin Durant DeAndre Jordan. I think Jared Allen is better than DeAndre Jordan. I think definitely the way they're playing right now, I would agree with you. Yeah, I just think I think we got to wait a little while until Kevin Durant comes back to really see what this Nets team is all about. I got you. Well, at my number seven scene, I have a really surprise pick here that not a lot of people are picking and putting their playoffs, and that is the Hawks. I think Trey Young and John Collins are a young duo that not a lot of people are talking about this year. We've been watching them in a couple games, obviously, since the season started last week, and they've looked really, really good. My one thing with that is they do have Vince Carter. I think that's a great veteran leadership there on that team, even though he's not really putting out as much as some people would like. They don't really have that great of a bench, but these are two young emerging stars there in the East, and 
I think with Kawhi leaving to go out west and the east is a little bit more wide open, I think that this is an opportunity for the Hawks and this young talent to emerge into the playoffs this season. Yeah, so, I think DeAndre Hunter looks really good so far for the Hawks, too. Yeah. He's he's that good, like, lanky uh, wingman that they need to clamp some people down. And Cam Reddish, I think Cam Reddish doesn't look too hot to start off the season, but I think Cam Reddish will be fine. You know, I think he'll he'll progress into a, a good role player, maybe a solid bench piece in the NBA. Absolutely. And then you have the Nets at number seven. I actually have the Nets coming in at number six. Kyrie Irving is easily one of the most talented players uh, that we have in this league, easily a premier point guard. But when it comes to him having his own team and playing with other people, I think there's a little bit of a struggle there. I think that he's going to maybe take the rhythm out of the Nets a little bit, even though he is so talented. Uh, when we see Kyrie playing with guys like LeBron James, and then eventually when we see him playing with Kevin Durant, being second fiddle, not having to be the main option on the team, I think that it's going to flow a little bit better You know, when he's not in the spotlight and he's not the main focal point of the offense uh, so I have them coming in at number six this year obviously they'll be better when KD returns yeah. if at all this season but I have them at number six I think I think Kyrie's kind of a crybaby too like you've seen all this stuff come out I Kyrie I think is kind of a nutcase if we're being honest like don't get me wrong great great talent he's probably the best under the rim point guard of all time with his handles and all that kind of stuff but and he can shoot from anywhere but I don't like he doesn't like young it seems like he doesn't like young guys on his team and he just shuts down and you can't do that in a team sport especially when you're the point guard that has to run the offense and you're the one setting guys up to succeed like you can't you can't go out there and bail out on your teammates and shut down and uh, talk back to the coaching staff and all that kind of stuff that he does so that's how I feel about Kyrie Irving but at my sixth seed I have the Pacers I think I'm not sure when uh, Victor Oladipo is supposed to come back, but when he does, if he is probably about at 85% of where he was last year, I think this. I think the Pacers will be a sixth seed in the East. Two young big men, like you said, uh, Malcolm Brogdon coming in, playing point guard. You know, being able to have a really good defensive backcourt in Indiana. I think uh, I think the Pacers are going to be all right if Victor Oladipo comes back. Yeah, definitely a lot of young talent there, and like I said, if they can gel, they're going to be a really dangerous team. But for my fifth seed, I have the Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics are definitely going to regress a little bit this season, but obviously having Brad Stevens at the helm there, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. I think the loss of Al Horford, Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier is really going to hurt the depth of this team, and getting a guy like Ennis Cantor is just not going to do it for these guys. He is a defensive liability and then sometimes he just doesn't show up on the offensive end. Um, I think that getting rid of Kyrie was probably the best thing for this young Celtics team. He wasn't a great yeah, leader and wasn't a great fit for that locker room. So I think Kimba's a little bit of an upgrade as a fit, not necessarily a talent, but as a fit there. So I got them coming in at the five seed mainly because of you know Tatum starting to come up. Jalen Brown just got signed to a bigger contract. We expect him to take uh, the next step in his progressions as a young player. And then Kimba Walker being the stud that he is, I think is going to keep the Celtics in that Eastern Conference conversation there. Who do you have at number five? I have the Celtics too. I think that obviously their front court is not very good this year. They've even been starting Mark. They have a, a I forget, they call it like the Cobra lineup or something like that, where they have Marcus Smart starting at a small ball five. And Marcus Smart is a little bulldog, and you know, he can go down there and hold his own. And they got Grant Williams out of Tennessee coming in. They're playing him at small ball five. He's like six. Eight, I think. I'm not really sure. He's a, he's, he's a he very was, physical player. Dude, he though. was down there bodying people, though. And I think Robert Williams, I remember watch, watch, watching Robert Williams in that first game against the Sixers. 
that man is flying all around the rim. He's going up, blocking shots, you know, catching lobs. And I think, I think if Enos Cantor and Robert Williams can kind of coincide and be that good, they need to even each other out in in the front court, you know. And I think, but Grant, having Grant Williams there too, I think I think the Celtics would be all right. But yeah, five seed. Hopefully, Jason Tatum takes that next step and Jalen Brown too. So now we're starting to get into our top four here, which are probably going to be our main contenders here for the Eastern Conference title this season. And I got another team that's a little bit of a surprise on here, and that is the Miami Heat here at number four. I think signing Jimmy Butler is a is it was a really good signing. He's a very good two way player. Kendrick Nunn has had a great start to this season, and when Deion Waiters comes back, it's just going to add you know that much more of a playmaker. They already got guys like Gorgon Drogic, uh, Bam added by you. I can't add a bio. Bam added bio. Bam added bio. I can never pronounce that guy's name, but he has actually been a surprise player for me. Justice Winslow, and then t- and then rookie Tyler Hero. Obviously, last night he had twenty nine points against the Hawks. Absolutely being a great playmaker there, and Eric Spolster is still there at coach. Uh, so I think that you know, with this young talent and with the talent that this team has, I think it's some of the best talent they've had in the last couple of years. And I think it's going to move up to the fourth seed now that the East is kind of a little bit more open than it was last year. So at my fourth seed, I have the Heat too. But this isn't. This is bearing. I think all the in-season trades that they're going to make this season. I think they're going to go out and try to get Chris Paul. Uh, there's lots of talks around the league where the Cavs might be trying to shop Kevin Love in that gigantic contract. And so what I'm thinking is that I think by the end of this season, the Heat are going to be a very different team than what they were at the beginning of the season. I think they'll try to keep Tyler Hero. I think Jimmy Butler is going to be a huge part of this team. But I also think they're going to bring in Chris Paul and probably a third, and like a another third player like Kevin Love, possibly. I mean, that would be a nice little big three there in Miami. If that happened, that would make things a lot more interesting in the big, East. Big health concerns with those three right there, though. And I think we also have the same number three here because I got the Toronto Raptors. I think this team is still a really good team. They're well coached, even without Kawhi Leonard leaving to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. Pascal Siakam, I think, is going to be an all-star this year. I think he's easily going to make that next step. Fred Van Fleet, like, I mean, hey, he's a six-foot guard, but he has been showing out so far in this early stage. And then you got some seasoned vets on that team, such as Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry. And I just think that this team, even Marcus though Marcus don't forget about Marcus. Oh yeah, man, Marcus All as well. Uh, they got they got some good talent on that team, and even without Kawhi, I think they're still going to be a threat there in the East at the three seed this season. Yeah, I agree. I have the, I have the Raptors at three too, but with so we have different ones and twos though, obviously. And yes. I have so I have the Bucks at the second seed, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Or they let Malcolm Brogdon go this off season. He's at the Pacers. Chris Middleton. We'll see how he wants to step up. I think. Eric Bledsoe's a really good regular season point guard, but I think in the playoffs that he can get kind of neutralized because he's not the most, he's not the best three point shooter that they have out there. So they can just kind of leave him. But yeah, I mean, he's a great defensive point guard, but I have the Sixers at one because they, the, I think the length, the rebounding, obviously shooting's kind of a problem for him, but I think that they're just going to clamp everybody and out rebound them. Ben's going to run you up and down the floor, Joel Embiid's going to give you 30 points a night in the paint, backing you down, hitting threes. I think he's going to be amazing this season. 
And, and for a regular season perspective, um, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I think that the Bucks are built to win in the regular season. I think the defense that you're talking about with the 76ers are going to give them a huge edge in the playoffs. But in the regular season, I don't think that that defensive presence can stay. And like you said, their three-point shooting and their chemistry with all the new guys that they've brought in are an issue for me. And I think it's going to take time to gel. And I think it will by the uh, by time playoffs come in April. But I do have the 76ers Losing J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler are going to hurt, but obviously bringing in Al Horford and then another good shooter such as Josh Richardson is going to be great. But Tobias Harris is going to be my X factor for this team. 100%. And the the fact that he's going to need to be a really good playmaker for this team and a really good outside shooter if this team is going to be successful. But I have the Bucs coming in at number one because they have the defending MVP in Giannis. And then Middleton, I think he's the perfect number two option He's not that big of a star, so he knows his role as the number two. And then, yes, even though they lost guys like Miritich and Brogdon last year who were big guys for their team, they also brought in guys um, such as Wesley Matthews, Robin Lopez, Kyle Culver, some other guys that can play you know, in the interior and some other shooters that are going to help space the floor there for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Brooke Lopez also seemed to have a little bit of a career revival last year. Yeah, you know? that's a, yeah he really... Being that stretch five that they needed to help with Giannis on the floor, I think he was a great pickup for them last year. And then, and then you also got Bledsoe, and and then uh, like I said, Wesley Matthews, I think is a huge pickup for that team. So we are just going to stay tuned with that. Uh, but yeah, I have the Bucks at number one. So guys, when we come back from our break, we are going to get in everything with the Western Conference predictions. It is obviously the more stacked conference in the NBA, so it is going to be really interesting there. So stick with us here on the Joes on the Pros podcast. We will now get into the Western Conference playoff seeding predictions. We're going to get into one through eight in the West. Jack, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your seeding prediction, starting with eight. So at eight, I have the Spurs. You know, I don't think Greg Popovich is going to break that 20-something-year-old playoff run right this season. I think LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be hitting turnaround mid-range jumpers on you until he's 75. I think having DeJounte Murray come back this year is huge. Derek White. Uh, with his emergence USA basketball in the playoff and in the playoffs last year, he's going to be great. Still have Demar Derozan giving you about twenty points a game. You know, even though his game's kind of outdated, I think. And with this coaching, you know, I think I think the Spurs will be fine. I think they won't they won't lose that streak this year. I and I agree with you too, but I have the Spurs up a little higher. So coming in at my number eight, I'm going to have the Dallas Mavericks. I think Luka Doncic is easily emerging as one of the young uh, premier stars in the NBA right now, and then pairing him with a guy like Porzingis, I feel like is the perfect matchup. You get a big man, you get an outside shooter, and you get a guy that can put up twenty and ten a night easily. Then they got great guys like Hardaway. Uh, they got Seth Curry, JJ Barea. I just think that it's time for this team to step up and make it into the playoffs with that young talent. So who do you got at number seven? Uh, So at number seven, I have the Warriors. You have the Warriors. Yeah, so I have the Warriors at seven. I think Steph Curry is going to be coming for people's necks this year. He's going for second MVP. 
Second or third MVP? Third MVP. Third MVP. Yeah, so third MVP, Steph Curry, is coming out this year. I think that Steve Kerr is too good of a coach to let this team kind of flounder like that. I think Draymond Green's also going to have a great year playing, uh, being that defensive stopper that they need. You know, I'd like to see them do a few in-season trades, too, to try to bolster that defense. You know, it's, it's this season's going to be all about Steph Curry. Like, guaranteed they have D'Angelo Russell on the team now, too. They're waiting for Clay Thompson to come back, but this is the Steph Curry show this year until Clay gets back. See, I I heard that Clay is not coming back at all this season. Obviously, stuff like that can change. But when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, I do not have them making the playoffs this year simply because they just lost too many key guys. I mean, obviously they lose KD, they lose to Marcus Cousins. Clay is out probably for the year, possibly is able to come back, maybe towards the end. But by that time, I think it might be too late. You lose key bench players and veterans such as Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. I just think it's too much, and obviously, you know, only having. Raymond, it's uh, Seth or Steph Curry in there, and then you got uh, D'Angelo Russell. I just don't think it's enough. You know, all these new parts are going to have to gel. I don't think it's going to work. But for my number seven, I got the San Antonio Spurs. Like I said, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, getting uh, Murray back is huge. You got all stars like DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and then you got guys like emerging like Derek White. And then, I mean, I just think that this team under Popovich is going to be too well coached. They're going to gel really well. And I think that they are going to make the playoffs, even though that a lot of teams in the West have boosted up their rosters this season. Well, who you got at number six here? So in this loaded Western Conference, I have the Rockets at six. The Rockets. So I know it it might sound kind of low, but I mean... Dude, there's so much parity in the league this year that it's it's so hard. It was a crapshoot. Like, I knew my eight teams, but putting them in that order is it's pretty rough. But I think James Harden's going to come in and do the same thing he's been doing, drop 30 points a game, crossing people up, getting to the foul line. I think uh, Russell Westbrook's going to do what he always does too. You know, he's always getting to the foul line. Well, I'd love to see how they're uh, going to coincide with the ball handling, especially in, like, the last two minutes of a game, who's going to get the last shot. I think that P.J. Tucker's still the huge X, X factor for them. And uh, I wonder if they're going to move Clint Capella this season, too, because I've been seeing stuff about that as well. See, I think it would be a bad move if they moved on from Clint Capella. He's a really good rim protector, and especially in pick-and-roll situations, he's going to be even better than what Steven Adams was for Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. But I actually have the Trailblazers in the sixth seed there in the West. I The reason being is because when it comes down to it, I think they have a very similar roster to the Houston Rockets, and I just think the backcourt there in Houston is just much more talented. Uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are one of the best two tandems at the backcourt positions there, and then you get a guy like Hassan Whiteside to join uh, Nurkic down low there. I think that this it gives this team a little bit more depth, and then you got guys like uh, Kent Bazemore and Rodney Hood. I feel like the, they can also be contributors as well. But yeah, just simply because that backcourt is a little bit better there in Houston, I have them ranked above the the Trailblazers here. So who do you got at number five? Yeah, so I have the Blazers at five. Uh, Damian Lillard is going to do what he always does every season. The man's a beast. He is he is superb. Uh, CJ McCollum's the best active player to never make an All Star team. Isn't that crazy? That he's never been an All Star. Well, do you think he's going to break? You think he's going to break through this year? I hope so. He deserves it. He does. He, he really does deserve it. Actually, but I don't like. See, I like. I think Anthony Simons is going to be a great. I think he's a potential breakout uh, player of the year this year mm-hmm. with the Blazers if he gets enough playing time and stuff. But uh, you know, and I like the I like the Hassan Whiteside trade in theory. But did you see that video of uh, him trying to guard Nikola Jokic on I, opening night? I actually did not. Dude just stood there. 
just what Jokic just shot right in front of his face. Hassan didn't move his arms or nothing. Like just like stood there. So I don't know if it's an effort thing or what from him, but I like him in theory. But we there we're gonna have to really wait for Yusuf Nurkic to come back because I really think he's that interior presence that uh, the Blazers really need. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to flip flop our six seeds and five seeds because I actually had the Houston Rockets right above them. Yeah, the reason we'll see Houston has been the second best team I think in the Western Conference the last two years. They've kind of yeah. given the Warriors a bit of a fit. Uh, but my big thing with the Houston Rockets is is that yes, they upgraded to Russell Westbrook from Chris Paul, but I just don't think that Russell Westbrook really gels with Harden as well as Chris Paul for one. And number two, I think that the West rosters have gotten a lot better this year and kind of surpassed the Houston Rockets in talent and in depth. So I don't see them being a top four team in the West this year. And like I said, that cohesion with James Harden and Russell Westbrook is going to be a huge factor to see if they can get it down. Because right now, James Harden is not playing that well, especially shooting from the perimeter. He's only hit three threes all season, which when you look at his statistics last year, that is absolutely crazy. So we're just going to have to stay tuned on that. So let's get into our top four, our main contenders here going for the West, the big boy conference. Mm -hmm. Who do you got at number four? So at number four, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. And we we actually actually agree on this one, but go ahead. Yeah, so I think that I'm going to be honest, LeBron looks about a step and a half slower than he did last year. What they're really going to need to do for to advance and to let LeBron like play as long as he possibly can is LeBron needs to go down to the post. He's bigger, stronger than probably like 85% of the people in the, in the NBA. So if you can get him down low and do kind of what Jordan did when he was older, start taking people in the post, turn around jumpers, up and unders, all that kind of stuff, I think LeBron will really be able to extend his career. But Anthony Davis last night looked amazing. Yeah. 40 points, 20 rebounds in three quarters. Granted, 26 of the points came at the foul line, but, I mean, 40 points is 40 points, especially in three quarters. That man, Anthony Davis, is a god. Now, do you think Anthony Davis is the best player that LeBron's ever played with? Ooh, I think talent-wise, yes, but I will have to see how these next few seasons go because I think I'm still a Dwayne Wade guy, Dwayne Wade-LeBron guy. I think that's LeBron's best uh best second fiddle so far now with the los angeles lakers they obviously made a ton of moves this offseason and i liked them picking up danny green and quinn cook uh, but some of the signings i didn't like were dwight howard i mean i know they need depth uh down low right now and i honestly would have taken joe kim Noah over dwight howard i think really i think so that's a hot that's a hot take well dwight howard's been so hurt these past few seasons and obviously he's had that uh Dude, he's been a drama queen pretty much his entire career. Yeah, and he's already had that bad stint with the Lakers yeah. in two thousand. Uh, what was it? Two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. I think Joe Kim Noah brings a little more oomph to the roster. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And Avery and Avery Bradley's a little bit of an injury prone guy there for the Lakers yeah, as well. Definitely. So I didn't know about that signing, but we are still waiting on Rondo and Kuzma to come back. So I think when they get added back to the mix, and you can get a guy like. Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench, getting that uh, six-man role there. I think that that's going to be a lot of help for this Lakers team, but we're just going to have to stay tuned. If Kuzma plays well enough, but the Lakers don't gel, do you think they trade Kuzma this season? 
I mean, it's always a possibility when you have a guy like LeBron James. He's going to be really vocal about that, uh, but obviously he's probably going to go behind Kuzma's back and have mm-hmm. to do that if if so. But I think that's up to LeBron on whether or not he wants Kuzma there or not. They kept they kept him during the big trade with the yeah. Pelicans, so I mean, we're just going to have to see. But you know, that's always on the table when you got a guy like LeBron, and he's obviously ring chasing, trying to get the best team possible. Yeah. Let's see. Let's get into our top three now. I actually have the Jazz at three. I think you as do as do well. I. Yes. I think that this team is looking a ton better. Obviously, they got a great coach in Quinn Snyder. So, what do you what do you think about the Jazz? Like, why do you why do you have the Jazz in the top three? I think the Jazz are probably one of the most well rounded teams in the NBA. You know, from their bench, they have, they brought in Emmanuel Mudiay this season. You know, he's getting to the rim real quick. Uh, they obviously have Rudy Gobert, the past two time Defensive Player of the Year. Man is a beast. And then you bring in Bogdanovich, that shooter that they needed. Bring in Mike Conley, too. Steady yeah. steady veteran point guard to help uh, move Donovan Mitchell along. I think they're going to be great this season. So I'm... I wouldn't want to play the Jazz in the playoffs, that's yeah. for sure. And, and like I said, I think they're going to be a really great defensive team here. Uh, I think they added a lot of depth because you still got guys like Joe Ingles coming off the bench. He is a very, very – he can get very hot very, very soon. And then you also get a guy like Jeff Green, which, I mean, yeah, he's in the latter part of yeah. his career, but he's still a pretty good veteran to have on that team. So, uh, yes, a lot deeper of a team. They fixed their point guard. They got another score in uh, Boban Bogdanovich. And I definitely think that the Jazz are going to be a top three team just because of how well coached they are. Yeah. Uh, and adding that depth in those players are really going to do it. So let's get in our top two here. Who do you got at number two? So number two, I have the Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray leading the way. I can't wait to see how Michael Porter Jr. plays this season coming off that back injury where he missed his entire rookie season. Uh, they also have great guys coming off the bench, Malik Beasley, uh, Will Barton, just they're they're extremely deep you know Nikola Jokic is a possible MVP candidate this year man can't even jump over a piece of paper but man he will give you buckets he's, and, he is and throw the, the ball behind his back and dude he's a he's like a globe trotter he's the definition of fundamentals in basketball man he's really fun to watch I actually have the Clippers coming in at number two and I easily think that the Clippers are the best team in the league this year but I think in the regular season when it comes to record wise and in the playoffs they're going to rest Kawhi Leonard a lot obviously Paul George is not back but this team is easily the most deep team in the league they are easily the best Best defensive team and when you got a guy like Doc Rivers coaching he's been there he's done that um, and he's led a team to a championship and then you got Jerry West Jerry West just seems like wherever he goes success follows I mean he built the Kobe Bryant Pau Gasol Lakers uh, there in the late 2000s early 2000 teens and then he went on to the Warriors and built the Warriors as well now he's looking to do the same thing with the Clippers it is impediment but I think with all the resting and the injury to Paul George it is going to affect their record in the regular season and put them at number two so coming in at number one that leaves the Denver Nuggets for me so it sounds like we are going to flip-flop here on number one and number two like we did in the east I got the Nuggets again Nikola Jokic is easily a top three center in this league we talked about his fundamentals he's good Uh, Will Barton's finally healthy this year Gary Harris is getting better and better every year Paul Millsap he's older but yet he's still having some breakout games where he's doing really really well and like you said Jack Michael Porter Jr., that is going to be a really interesting player to watch. X-Factor. X-Factor, because if he's healthy, if he's healthy, they they easily could be a favorite in the West, and they might be be just as good, if not better, than the Los Angeles Clippers. He would be a perfect uh, modern four slash five. You know, he's tall. He can – I don't really think he's much of a defender, 
But, man, if you put him down there, he'll stretch the floor. He'll take people off the dribble. I feel like he's a light-skinned Kevin Durant. <laughs> light-skinned Kevin Durant. You heard it here first. Now, why do you have the Clippers at number one? So I have the Clippers at number one because they have the best two wing defenders in the entire NBA. Kawhi Leonard might win MVP this year, if depending on how many games he misses due to load management. But And Paul George is obviously amazing, too. Oh, we'll see how his shoulders look coming off these two surgeries this offseason. But, I mean, Montrez Harrell, Lou Will, two best Patrick two... Beverly, dude, they got some dogs on that roster. I can't wait to see how they perform this season. Yeah, going they're going to be great. Yeah, going into Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams, I say they're two of the best players coming off the bench. I mean, they're the first two bench players to average over 15 points um, in a season last year. So, obviously, this Clippers team is really deep. They got a lot of guys that can put points on the board, and they love to defend. So Landry Shamet, They got Landry Shamet. I wish the Sixers kept man, kept him, man. <laughs> Dude, he was, he was our, our little J.J. Redick in training. Yeah, no, he he's actually looking pretty good this year as well. But we are going to take another break. You heard it here first. These are our predictions for the East and West. And when we come back we're going to do a short little snippet of who we think are going to win the big awards because obviously in the nba uh they really do boister their award show so we are going to talk about who we think is going to win uh what awards when we come back here next Welcome back. We will now get into our end of season awards for the NBA. A huge topic that is very popular getting into is who we will pick as the MVP, rookie of the year, you name it. We will now get into our end of season awards. So let's start off and talk about coach of the year. I'd say this is probably like one of the more least popular. No one really cares about it. But who do you think is going to be the breakout coach for this season? So it really depends on what team ends up having the best record when it comes to playoff time. So I either think Brett Brown could win a Coach of the Year award, depending on how the Sixers do. Mm-hmm. You know, he would probably deserve it after going through all those the trust the process era in Philly. Yeah, but I also think Doc Rivers is set up to uh, win Coach of the Year too with Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, well, see, I got a guy, and I think it's going to be Quinn Snyder with Utah Jazz. I think that the Utah Jazz are going to be on a different level this season, and so I really think that Quinn Snyder is going to lead them to the helm because I think he's kind of like the Brad Stevens of the West. He's that yeah. new young guy. He's got all the talent there, and I think that he's going to take the Jazz to a new level this year with all the you know the new talent that they acquired on this team, kind of completing that roster out a bit. Um, so let's look at Rookie of the Year. So it's obviously a big topic because, you know, Zion Williamson has been like the biggest prospect. I'd say bigger than Lonzo Ball a couple years ago. Oh, easily. Uh, He's but, been the biggest since LeBron. I'd yeah, say. I mean, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. Big, like biggest since LeBron. So who do you got at Rookie of the Year this year? So obviously it's either Zion Williamson if he can stay healthy and if he produces. You know, obviously ESPN and Bleach Report and all those guys love Zion Williamson. So I think he's obviously the front runner if he stays healthy. But I also would not sleep on Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. You know, I think he's coming in, getting buckets on everybody. I think he's a hard worker. He's going to defend. He's going to just pour in the points, dude. And I think the Heat team, that Heat team needs it. And I think he could really come through and surprise a lot of people. Now, I see your point about Zion. I think Zion is the favorite, you know, with Vegas, with, you know, the league, whether it's Bleacher Report, ESPN. He is obviously a once a generational talent, but obviously, you know, he's having a lot of struggles with 
injuries. I mean, they had to sit him out during the summer league. They've already had to sit him out at during the preseason because of injuries. So it's like he really needs to stay healthy. I don't see that. I don't see him being able to play the whole year. I think he's going to be struggling with injuries all year long. He's just so dense. He is. He is very dense. He's but like I mean, six six and what two eighty five or something like he's that. He's about. I mean, he's about. Last I checked, he was six seven, about two eighty, which is humongous and I mean I mean that's part of his game you know he likes to bully people around I think he's going to be a great player but I don't think he's going to be I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year with Tyler Hero he's actually been a surprise for me because I did not see this coming from him out of Kentucky he's been lighting it up this year honestly he's he's got a swagger on him and he's playing with uh, a group of guys that are really you know flowing with him he's got a good coach there so I mean that's not a bad pick so I could definitely see Tyler Hero being contingent but I got John Morant with the Memphis Grizzlies he has been a pretty good two-way player I think he's going to file into his own and really kind of he's going to have a slow start but kind of like Trey Young did last year that he's going to kind of come along and actually progress and you know put up a lot better stats than he has this season but you know the the effort and the tenacity that he has is there and I think that by the end of the year he's going to be the best rookie uh, out of this class I definitely could see that happening you know he super athletic he's they're going to let him play through his mistakes too all he he's going to be highlight hunting so he's going to be throwing some dumb passes but you know he'll probably have more good moments than he will bad in this first season so I could definitely see John Morant coming home with that rookie of the year award Absolutely agree. And in an era where defense is not as prevalent as it has been in the past in the NBA, uh, the defensive player of the year award is, is one that I really get into because I like to see players get down and get gritty and play some good defense. So who do you have for your defensive player of the year this year? So it's either between Rudy Gobert, because they love to give that award to him. He's gotten to like, what, the last two years. But I think that Joel Embiid can really step up and win defense player of the year this year. They said in the offseason he's going for Defense Player of the Year and MVP this season, and I would love to see it. He's definitely he's definitely capable of doing that. Uh, one of the best interior defenders. Probably he's the, the best center in the league. So, I, you know, the sky's the limit for Joel Embiid. I think he brings it home this year. Yeah, and the one thing with Joel Embiid is obviously him staying healthy for the entire season. Maybe the Sixers can take a page out of Kawhi Leonard and maybe start resting him and making sure that he's healthy yeah, for the year. Yeah, I think that's one of the big reasons they got uh, Al Horford this offseason is to help manage Joel Embiid's, uh, like, how much he plays and stuff. So, I mean, Al Horford can play anywhere. He can play with Joel Embiid. He can run the five. You know, he did that for multiple years in a Celtics uniform and absolutely bullied Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's a great offseason pickup. Al Horford's going to help a lot. Now, a guy that I see as defensive player of the year worthy is actually Draymond Green because if he, if the Warriors are going to go anywhere, which I think that, you know, they're definitely going to have a really slow start and I think it's going to put them way behind to where they're not going to make the playoffs. But I think that he is going to step up and be a really big defensive presence because simply in order for the Warriors to have any success this year, I think that he's going to have to do that, especially when you don't have a great defender like Clay Thompson guarding the uh, twos and threes there in San Francisco. So that is going to be my dark horse for Defensive Player of the Year, even though I don't think the Warriors are going to be that great with all their losses. So let's get into the big conversation here, and that is MVP conversation. Now, there's a lot of controversy last year with Harden and Giannis on whether or not who was going to get it. So obviously this year there's a ton of candidates that you can pick from. So who do you got, Matt? So it's going to be really hard because, you know, people – People are always trying to prove themselves in the NBA, and especially this year with how even the playing field is. So I'm just going to go ahead and say my top three, no particular order. Steph Curry is going to become for an MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to want to defend his MVP. 
And I think Joel Embiid, if he is playing on the best team in the East with the best record and is averaging 20 points a game or 30 points a game, 12 rebounds, and two and a half blocks, I think that easily puts him in the top three for MVP voting. And like I said, I agree with you with Joel Embiid. I personally think he's the best center in the league right now. Obviously, he has the most upside. He can shoot from the perimeter. He's He gets down and dirty in the post. He's a great defender, big guy. He's just kind of like that center that, like, everybody dreams about he's like a creative yeah. player he can do it all dude he's a um, he's a modern Hakeem Olajuwon yeah no that's I think that's the perfect comparison with his yeah. great footwork that he has uh but my my MVP that I have I think it's gonna be Kawhi Leonard I just yeah. think that it's his year to win um MVP you know he has all the hype as the best player in the league right now I feel like the media is you know behind him and you know him playing with a team that's you know in contention they're flashy they're in LA the Clippers are the new fad of the NBA that yeah. people want to flock to I think that he's going to win MVP but if anybody else was going to I think it's going to be Giannis just because of how young he is how much better he's getting every single year and he's just really a game changer there in Milwaukee but we're going to have to stay tuned but for our last little bit before we close out the show here who do you got in the finals and who is winning this year's championship so everybody's going to roast me because they think I'm biased but Sixers are coming out of the east and I think it's the Clippers in the west and see, this is and this is an issue because I want to disagree with you, Jack, but I can't. I think the Sixers and the Clippers are going to make it there. But who do you got winning? Dude, I don't know. I think, ah, man. See, the Sixers have length in with their defensive prowess, and then the Clippers just have dogs, dude. I think. I don't think the Sixers have enough go-to scoring at the moment outside of Joel Embiid to really compete with a, a Paul George and the Kawhi Leonard on the same team. So sadly, I think I'm going to have to say the Clippers will probably bring it home. Kawhi Leonard wins his third finals MVP on three different teams. That's what I'm saying. Well, you it, hurt, it hurts me to say it. but And I and I said it two weeks ago that I think that the Sixers and Clippers are going to play as well. I think the Clippers are, are going to do it as well, barring any injuries, because yeah. I think that every single piece of this Clippers team is very, very pivotal to their success. So barring injury, especially the Paul George or Kawhi, I think that this team is easily hands down the favorite with all the intangibles that they have. So it is going to be a great NBA season. We finally have a season that you know a lot of people can look forward to, and it's the, the like you said the the playing fields are even so we are going to have to stay tuned we are going to give this nba episode once a week with jack and i giving our takes uh with all the hot topics in the nba so stick with us and stay tuned for next week's edition of the joes on the pros covering the nba stick with us